Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Tom Hartman Program. It's a beautiful day here in Portland. I hope life is doing well with you as we start. We've got a huge show today. But right now, Sean Tima, the chief of staff with Young Americans for Liberty, Y-A-L, Y-A-Liberty.org is their website. Y-A-Liberty is their Twitter handle. And his is Liberty Sean, spelled S-E-A-N. Sean Tima is uh, with us. Sean, welcome to the program. If I'm reading this right, you are of the opinion that Joe Biden's proposal that basically we go into people's neighborhoods and make vaccines available to them if they want is some kind of big government overreach. I get it that the Republicans are all you know, pushing this idea that you shouldn't get vaccinated because they want more people to get sick and die in the hopes that it'll crash the economy and the hopes that that'll help them in the 2022 and 2024 election. Are you just going along with the Republicans on this? Or is there some reason why you and libertarians think more Americans should die? Well, Tom, great to be here. Uh, I reject the premise that we think more people should die. I think that especially after you've seen, especially after you've seen the government at all levels, mismanage the response to this pandemic. Excuse me. The idea of the federal government coming and knocking at your door and telling you you should get the vaccine is actually going to deter those target populations from actually getting the vaccine. How do you know you that, Reagan number one? And number two, on. how can you say it's mismanaged when you know, you've got independent sources saying that at least 300,000 deaths did not happen as a result over the last six months as a result of the vaccination program that, you know, Donald Trump started and, and Joe Biden implemented. It's working. We've got, you know, our, we've got one of the lowest infection and death rates in the world because we're one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. Well, Tom, I think you look back at 2020, and if you're a working American, I think it's easy no to mistrust the government. I'm talking about the government's response, Tom. I'm talking about You've got the same government telling you that you should go out and get the vaccine. It's the same government that put people in a box to be essential or non-essential, made it illegal for working class people to put food on the table, walked back on whether or not we should wear masks. I think it's very logical for people to not trust the government. And I think, honestly, that's, that's the American thing to do. I'm speaking to you as a vaccinated American, Tom. I think people should get the vaccine. 
But I also think it's their choice. And the government coming in and coercing people or using you must get this instead of recommending it, I mean, I think that's going to ultimately deter our shared goal. I, I think it's just tragic, Sean, you know, if I may speak candidly, that you are trying to peddle this idea that we should hate or fear or distrust a government that, you know, I get it that there are things that the government doesn't do right and there's, there's a lot of problems, there's no shortage of that, but, but that, I mean, this is, this is a government of we the people. And I get it that libertarians prefer oligarchy, that you're not fans of democracy, you would re really rather have the billionaires running the country. But it just seems so destructive. I mean, the, the, the sales pitch that you're out here promoting that our government should not be doing anything to get people vaccinated is, is going to kill people. And I, you know, if I were you, I would not be able to sleep at night knowing that there are families who are you know, sitting around watching dad or grandpa or hey, now with the Delta variant, you know, 18 year old little Johnny or Joni uh, dying of COVID. How do you but deal with that kind of responsibility? Here, Tom, is the issue of privacy. I mean, look, I agree with the ACLU. We got to be very cautious when it comes to giving the government our personal data. And going back to what we're here to talk about, I mean, Biden's proposal to get folks at the front door collecting information, potentially keeping a list of whether or not you got your shot. No, the, this Orwellian program is to go to people to, to go to people's homes and say to knock on doors and say, you know, if you're not vaccinated, we can make that happen. Would you like it? What's wrong with that? I think it's the wrong approach. I think that you're going to actually deter those people from getting the vaccine because people don't trust the government. No, um, they libertarians don't trust, don't trust the, the government. It's government a small set of right wing cranks. The FDA, where, you know, things they get approved, they get taken off the shelves. I think that the best step forward is the government at all levels came forth and said, hey, we take accountability for the mistakes and the mismanagement we made in this pandemic, that they respect people's choices and then go in and maybe promote the benefits of the vaccine. All we've seen thus far from government, from governor's mansions to mayor's halls to the federal government is pretty much saying if you don't get the vaccine, if you don't put on the mask, if you don't stay in your house, then you're going to kill grandma. And, you know, by George, and you are to, uh, push back on that. You are 600,000 Americans are dead. Six hundred people are dead and the United you're Nations, pushing um, a, a narrative that is going to kill more Americans. That, that, that is just, that, that don't is want like anyone to die, but the United up. Nations has told us that 100 million people are going to starve because of these lockdowns. We're not talking about starvation so and we're not talking, we're talking and we're not talking about lockdowns. We're talking about the government, the federal government giving money to the states or doing it themselves. I'm, you know, I, this is, as far as I know, this is all entirely conceptual at this point, but basically going out to people and saying, hey, if you'd like to get a vaccine, we can make that happen. This should not be controversial. I was like seven years old when in elementary school, when they passed out sugar cubes with a polio vaccine, it was no big deal. They literally came into our neighborhood with a truck filled with vaccine, <laughs> put these drops on the sugar cubes and we all took them. And guess what? We wiped out polio. We don't have polio anymore. When my parents were growing up, my, well, my mother's, uh, my wife's uh, grandmother had polio. She only had one arm that worked her whole entire life. It was vaccine that helped America. And here you are now telling people, oh yeah, no, it's fine. We should just, you know, government shouldn't be doing this. Uh, you should just get sick and die. Or get sick, you that's know, one third of men all who, who you know that. COVID, Look, I'm not anti-vaccine. anti-mandate, and I'm anti-the government potentially overstepping into their privacy rights on Americans. 
and coercing folks. I think that this whole thing could have looked different. There is nothing Again, you want people to this. take the vaccine, you get the government at all levels to accept accountability that they mismanaged the response. Sean, this is, this is, a, this is, a, this is a huge, no, stop for a second, Sean. You know, talking over each other is not going to do any good here. Nobody can hear what either one of us is saying. There's, n- number one, this is not coercive. This is, this is, hey, this is available to you. But number two, I'm in favor of making it coercive. I think that if, you know, Macron is giving a speech right now in France in which he's in all probability announcing that they're, they're going for vaccine passports in France. They've already done it in Israel. They're doing it in countries around the world saying, hey, if you want to get into a restaurant, if you want to get into a sporting event, you have to prove that you're vaccinated because the rest of us don't want to die because you're an idiot. So I'm actually in favor of more government action on this and, uh, and, 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 and frankly, some rather substantial government action on this. But, uh, you know, this idea that we shouldn't be we should be doing nothing or we should be condemning government for trying to save lives is bizarre. Well, I suppose we agree to disagree on what the role of government should be in this case. But I agree with the ACLU on the passports, especially if they're digitized. Right. If I was if Donald Trump was still president, I'm sure you wouldn't want the personal data, potentially undocumented immigrants from these vaccine passports getting in the hands of ICE. You probably don't want it under Joe Biden either. <laughs> I think that any list that the government takes. Sean, nobody's suggesting, extreme, you know, right now, when you get a vaccine, they don't ask your your uh, they don't ask anything other than your name and address, basically. Uh, it, 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 again, this is a, this is a red herring. That could be I, enough. Know, these, these these straw man arguments. It's. Uh, so what, okay, let, let's just wrap this up. We're talking with Sean Tima, uh, the chief of staff with Young Americans for Liberty, uh, yaliberty.org, um, and uh, yaliberty on Twitter, or Liberty Sean, S-E-A-N. Um, so what is the appropriate, I realize this, where I'm going with this, what is the appropriate role of government during a pandemic? I mean, George Washington ordered people to get vaccinated when there was a smallpox epidemic going on during the during the Revolutionary War. He ordered it. Um, what is and, you know, right now, schools require you to to prove that you've been vaccinated against measles and a few other diseases in order to go to school all across America. Are you suggesting that none of that should be the case, that it should all entirely be voluntary, that we should no longer have vaccination mandates in our schools? I'm suggesting that if you're going to convince unvaccinated Americans to get vaccinated, it's going to come from their Rotary Clubs. It's going to come from their family. But most importantly, it's going to come from a government that people see has integrity. I don't see how in my family or my Rotary half, Club is going to get a vaccine. In, my in the own, last Sean. year and a half, Tom, you told me you didn't want to talk over each other. In the last year and a half, you've seen Fauci flip-flop. You've seen people not trust the Trump administration nor the I Biden administration. I'd like the government to walk back, accept responsibility that they haven't been in integrity with the American people, and then maybe we can press a reset button and all get past this. Well, clearly, the idea the... of Biden sending folks to the door is not going to work. You're going to get more rigorously unvaccinated people. Yeah, well, clearly the Trump administration wasn't dealing honestly with people, which is why we had 600,000 deaths. Okay, Sean, we will agree to disagree. Uh, It's good talking with you. Sean Tima, Chief of Staff with Young Americans for Liberty, yaliberty.org, yaliberty on Twitter, and Liberty Sean, S-E-A-N, on Twitter as well. Thanks, Tom. Good to be here. Yeah, good talking with you. We'll be back. Stick around. This is the Tom Hartman Program. So, (laughs) what say you on this? 
Delilah in Palm Coast, Florida. Hey, Delilah, thanks for watching Free Speech TV. What's on your mind this morning? Good afternoon, Tom. Uh, so the, the fact that RNA uh, in the virus replicates mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, he just didn't touch on that one. So, so and, and the thing and is... You're talking about mutations, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so the thing, and the thing is, the thing is, they can change, you know, just like with the flu virus. Let's go back to influenza vaccines, right? Mm -hmm. Look, each time that you have the vaccine from the previous year, they have to continue to, to catch up with that virus. If you want to use the word catch up, that's a bad word. You're not going to be able to catch up. So imagine you, you're not going to even vaccinate from the, from the corona, right? Yeah. The, the, the new virus, the new coronavirus, then it changes and changes and changes. I'm using the word change because most people can understand that. Yeah. Like wildfire. Yeah. So what is he talking about? Right. And the, more, and the more people who aren't vaccinated, the more people who get infected, the more people who oh. get infected, the more opportunities for the virus to, to mutate when it replicates. Um, exactly. You know, as, you, as you pointed out, Delilah, and, and, and which means the, the, the greater the opportunity for all the rest of us to get something sure. that will penetrate right through the, the vaccine defense. <laughs> It's like, There's no end to this, to, to what they can do, the, they, the viruses. You're yeah. kidding me. He's kidding me. Yeah. No, okay, he's not. He's so quite serious. He's, <laughs> he's very, very okay. serious. Have a good day. Yeah, Bye -bye. thank you, Delilah. It's good talking with you. Calvin in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hey, Calvin, what's on your mind this morning? Well, hi, Tom. Uh, hey. Yeah, I was uh, just listening to the, uh, to the fellow you had on just briefly uh, a few minutes ago. And uh, what, I, what, con what I get confused about or frustrated by is folks like your guest who said, well, essentially it seems to me like what he says is that I have the right to not take a shot, to not wear a mask, to not do any damn thing I don't want to do. But that also gives me the right to make you sick or anybody else that I come in contact with and kill people. That's my American right. By George, I can go kill whoever I want to kill because... I don't have to follow. Well, and he's taking it even a step beyond that, Calvin, by suggesting, because he said he, he himself is vaccinated. He's simply suggesting yeah. that our government, that we the people, that we are, we are not our brother's keepers, that we shouldn't be looking out for each other. That's the bottom line. Well, okay, I suppose, I guess you're right. That's, that's a sick and twisted viewpoint. I've got friends and family and uh, Christians and other religious folks that I, you know, that I, I don't understand how they can take those positions and call themselves moral. But anyway, well, it's a big thing. I mean, uh, this this whole libertarian thing is like sweeping. You know, the the young people are always enamored of libertarianism because it just sounds so cool. Oh, you know, the government doesn't need we know we don't need government for anything. And uh, you know, it's just I, and and you know, Sean is not here to defend himself, so I'm I'm not going to characterize yeah. him beyond what I hope is an accurate characterization. Yeah. Go ahead, Cal. Well, th thanks, Tom. I, it's it's a frustrating thing. I you know I, I have to get on a plane soon, and I I don't trust it. I don't trust anybody. Oh yeah. Uh, there or in any store I go in. I live in Louisiana, and oh. two uh, on on average, two out of every three people that I pass. Are unvaccinated. Right. Yo, that's got to be nerve-wracking. That's yeah. a tough one. Calvin, anyway, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for doing a great job, Tom. Yeah, thank you, Calvin. And thanks for watching us on YouTube. Okay, so here's, let me just... 
pile on here a little bit. This is state Republican lawmakers. This is from Axios this morning. And I'll, I'll just read it straight up. State Republican lawmakers around the country are pushing bills to give unvaccinated people the same protections as those surrounding race, gender, and religion. This according to reporting from Caitlin Owens over at Axios.com. Some state lawmakers are trying to make it illegal for employers, governments, or private business to treat unvaccinated people any differently than vaccinated people using the same language in civil rights law. So in other words, if I own a store under this these policies that the Republicans are proposing in state after state after state right now, if I own a retail business and I don't want to expose my employees or myself or my other customers to the Delta variant because some fool who decided not to get vaccinated because they're a you know, a Trump hole wants to walk into my place of business, I would like to reserve the right to say, if you can't prove you're vaccinated, you can't come in here. And what the Republicans want to do is say, if I try to do that, I go to jail. I mean, this is, it's like out of one side of their mouths, they're saying it's wrong for the government to be pushing vaccines. Oh my God. I mean, the pushback when Joe Biden said, you know, maybe we should send people door to door. It was like the entire Republican world melted down. Fox News did like segment after segment after segment about the jackbooted thugs are coming to your house. And while they're there, they're probably going to take your guns away. And, you know, the right wing media, I mean, you can read all this over at thewriting.com or at mediamatters.org as well. And I believe it's newshounds.us, too. I haven't been there in a while. I should, I should check it out. But And multiple Republican states have already passed laws saying that there may not be vaccine passports in their states. I mean, this is, this is just bizarre. You don't think the government should, should help me get a vaccine or help the guy down the street get a vaccine, but you do think the government should put me, the owner of a business, I own a, I own a business. I mean, we don't do business with the public, but people come into our office. And I'm telling you right now, if somebody tries to come into this office who's not vaccinated, it, it's not going to happen. And we've had, you know, we've had engineers in here into this, into the, into our studio. We had a, uh, we're installing some new equipment. And the first question I asked when the guy came to the door was, are you vaccinated? And he was like, yeah, I've had both, both shots of Moderna. And we're like, okay, cool. Come on in. But wear a mask anyway, because we don't know you. And and there are Republican lawmakers all around the country who want to make this a crime. For me, for somebody who owns a grocery store, somebody who owns a hotel, someone who owns a... I want restaurants to require a, vac a, 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 a proof of vaccination. I mean, I, I want them to require proof of vaccination so that I know that when I walk into that restaurant, I'm not sitting next to some guy who's gonna be coughing all over me. What say you? Back with your calls after this. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. 
It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ay, 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 ay. So what do we do with this? Good question. Diamond in Hollywood. Hey, Diamond, what's up? Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm great. What's up? <laughs> I was just remarking on Sean, the young Liberty. Libertarian, yeah. yeah. I find it really kind of ironic and distressing that the constant argument is about their individual liberty and you know, what about our liberty to live, breathe, and, you know, not get infected by people that, you know, not create new mutations by people who refuse to get vaccinated? In West Hollywood, I worked with Councilman Erickson about bringing home vaccinations. And when I got mine, my two of Moderna, all they do is they phone you. All the agencies phone you and ask if you had a vaccination, if you would like one. No one insists that you do. And also, Sean seems to forget that in World War II, we asked people to sacrifice. We asked them to sacrifice food rations. We asked them to plant victory gardens. We asked them to work towards the war effort. And that was patriotic. I don't see anything patriotic about complaining that they don't have enough liberty not to get vaccinated. It's a ludicrous argument. It seems that way. And my concern is that this is just another example of how this ideology that was that was first promulgated. I mean, let's just tell the backstory. Uh, the libertarian, the word libertarian and the libertarian party, and I put that in scare quotes, was created back in the 1950s by an organization called the Foundation for Edu- Economic Education, the FEE, which has now kind of spun off separately, but at that time was the lobbying group for the real estate industry. And they started this libertarian political party as a way of promoting the idea that the real estate industry should be deregulated, that there should not be, you know, that there should not be as many regulations on the sale of real estate that, you know, real estate developers had to disclose things to homeowners and stuff like that. These are all infringements of our freedom. And really what it was, was it reduced the profits of the real estate, you know, of the hustlers in the real estate industry. And it took off. I mean, you know, it, it, it has become a thing. It's, it's, a, it's a political party. It's all over the country. And they just embrace this idea that the only legitimate role of government is basically to run an army and the police and the courts, and that all problems should be solved by individuals with lawsuits, and, and that there should be no precautionary principle, there should be no pro- proactive work to prevent damage to people, that after damage happens, then we should all stand around and go, oh, gee, guess you shouldn't do that anymore. Let's tell everybody. 
and it assumes that there's perfect knowledge that everybody has that knowledge and it's it's it and the, and the unfortunate thing is that so many young people are embracing it so my well and old people too i mean right across the board diamond i gotta yeah, run but I, thank you <laughs> uh, did you want to make a final comment there go for it yeah i have a friend who is a trumper and he has the same arguments and i think a lot of it is ignorance Mm-hmm. And the propaganda that they tell them, honestly, I think a lot of the Trumpers are just sadly misinformed and uneducated. Well, I think there's a substantial dose of selfishness in there too. It all comes back to I, me, mine. You know, it's it's <laughs> like you know, it's my, it's uh, rather than our, right? It's like I used to say: Republicans try to create a me society, Democrats try to create a we society. And I really do think that's the primary fault line, the primary bifurcation in American politics. Diamond, thank you for the call. It's great to hear from you. Paul in Woodenville, Washington. Hey, Paul, what's up? Yeah, wonderful points by the previous caller. Yeah, you guessed. He had, he had nothing. He said that the government, here's what he said. The government shouldn't be going door to door offering vaccines because that's the wrong approach. He, this is the thing with all the libertarians that you have on, Tom. They never say what the right approach is. He had nothing to say about what the right approach is. And his whole point was a non sequitur in the sense that he said, about the government has never acknowledged that they've mismanaged that pandemic. Paul, he said the right approach was for the Rotary to do it. In other words, private charity. Yeah, That's always yeah. the answer of libertarians. Private charity. Yeah. Just wait, rely wait on minute. the billionaires. Wait, wait a minute, Tom. I, I, I don't belong to the Rotary. I belong to the Kiwanis. But you know what's interesting about how the, the, the libertarians and the and the, and the Republicans love to just heap uh, heap uh, chores onto the charities that the charities don't do. That's right. Okay, the Rotary, the, Rotary, the Rotary doesn't really want the Rotary really doesn't want the responsibility of okay, we'll deal with. Have they asked the Rotary about that? I, I really don't think they have. You know, I doubt it. And that's the same thing about uh, the idea of uh, you know instead of having uh, the Affordable Care Act, uh, how do you take care of your emergency medical problems? Is the churches should do that? And I, you know what? When I heard, uh, what was it, uh, George W. Bush, whoever said this, the number of Republicans, mm-hmm. every pastor in the country's rear end slammed shut because you know what? They don't have enough money to run the churches as it is. Yeah. So they, I, the Republicans love to heap responsibility onto the charities and the churches, but they really haven't really asked the churches and the charities uh, and the uh, uh, community service organizations about whether they uh, would like to take that on. Yeah. So I, I reject that. I would totally reject that. He had a total non sequitur. It was one of the worst debaters you've ever had on the program. But what he did remind me of is he's so negative. He, with his attitude, Tom, he couldn't well, sell any uh, idea. Paul, to Paul Sean is not here to, to defend himself, so let's not pick on him. And I thought he did a good Tom. job of actually presenting his perspective, which is government should have no role in this. He was honest about that. Well, well but... First of all, Tom, he had more than 10 minutes on the show. We can't all talk at once. So my time on, my, on the show is to say he did a terrible job yeah, because okay. he didn't produce. He did not. He did not produce any any ideas that took that take us forward. Just to say government has no role. It doesn't take us anywhere. Yeah. He doesn't say what the role of government is or or. And, and he said the government. Wait a minute, Tom. Actually, by de facto, he did say government had a role because he said the government mismanaged the pandemic, which means there's something the government should have done differently. You see, by de facto, he was saying the government did have a role. So what's happened to the the Republicans and the the libertarians have become a party of nihilism. Everything is negative. And now they come to the idea that uh, vaccine passport is is a, is a civil rights act, a problem and discrimination. I've heard this. This has been going on for a couple of months. So let me ask you this. Uh, 
if somebody, if, if, no, a vaccine is a matter of fact. You either have it or you don't. And so is it a discriminating to ask me in an interview, are you disabled or are you blind? Yes. But it's not discriminating to ask me, do you have a driver's license? Right. The fact is, I it's discretionary. Them, I haven't had one in 43 years. It's I'm not. Blind, it's not. Okay? What, it's not what you're born with, or you've acquired throughout your life without, you know, without, without intention. Um, you know, Correct. disabilities or injuries or whatever. But I maybe. can't. I yeah. can't drive a car. But that that's not the same as asking me, am I disabled? I'm going to dis- discount you because you're just, the fact is, I don't have a driver's license, and this, and the the reason I don't could be, well, because I'm blind or because I don't want to. Lots of people don't have a driver's license because they don't want to drive. The question is a matter of fact, not a matter of why. And they keep trying to say that uh, my choice not to get a vaccination is somehow the same as my, uh, you know, my dedication to my religion or the fact that I'm disabled. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous comparison. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Paul, thank you. Uh, well said, as always. Joe in St. Petersburg, Florida. Hey, Joe, what's up? Hey, uh, I uh, totally agree with you on the I think that they should the government should be offering it, uh, whether door to door or however. But I wanted to also make a remark about the uh, the the uh, right, the libertarian. Uh, I think they're hypocrites. Why is it uh, overstepping the government's responsibility to offer door to door a vaccine to save your life? But it's not overstepping your responsibility to uh, have somebody watching you while you're voting or to be able to tell a private business owner whether or not he can ask you if you're vaccinated or not. Why isn't that the government overstepping their responsibility? Oh, I think they would. I suspect, Joe, the libertarian would always say that if the government is, you know, regulating boating or if it's regulating uh, you know, basically anything other than running the police department, the army, and the court system, that it is overstepping yeah, its mandate. The right, the right altogether. Like, you know, you can hear uh, on uh, on uh, Tucker Carlson, you can hear him say, my body, my choice, but he doesn't <laughs> agree with until that. You, until you raise abortion. abortion. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, they, they, they're hypocritical. It's We're going to we're going to raise a point that the government is... is, is Overstepping their bond. Yeah. Oh, you finish your thought, when, Joe. When it, when it suits, you know, when it suits them, when it suits their purposes. Yeah. Yeah, Not I see a lot of that. Fun. Joe, thank you. I got to run, but thank you. And thanks for listening to us on SiriusXM. Stacy in Los Angeles. Hey, Stacy, thanks for listening to KPFK. What's up? Hi, I'm a first time caller. I'm a little bit nervous, Thank you. but I really appreciate your show. Thank you. This is what I want to add to the conversation. There are different types of vaccines that have passed the clinical trials, and I know people who just don't want this technique of the vaccine using the messenger RNA. Mm-hmm. So the old-fashioned way of using recombinant protein that you find in hepatitis B, well, a company's doing that. It's called Novavax. And I have been following them in the news because to give people other options or let them know there's another option. And it looks like it's going to get approved, but it won't be approved in this country. Uh, So it looks like the World Health Organization already approved it. And the argument, I think, is I forgot the business news or something like that was saying that we already have so many doses of the Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson and Johnson. 
But I know amongst the work that I do, people want the more traditional technique of well, that, that making would be the, the Johnson vaccine. and Johnson, Stacy. That's not an mRNA vaccine. The the Johnson and Johnson no, is, uses vaccine particles yeah. and an adenovirus to deliver them into the body, which is the way that a lot of conventional vaccines work. Yeah, but okay. Here's a key point: it's still an adenovirus that get, that can possibly enter your genome, people. But the other protein vaccine your, is just your 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 body is filled with adenoviruses right now. The adenoviruses are ubiquitous. Exactly. So it's, it's right. Exactly. But but what I'm just saying is. Um, people, I mean, you can make a virus from like using the virus itself and just, you know, not, you know, um, is, um, in active, so to speak. Right. But I'm just saying that just like how you can pick different, uh, antibiotics or whatever, I, I know colleagues and, and friends are just looking for other options and we should have it in this country. And yeah. there's a category well, of people that are not just anti-vaxxers. But the adenovirus does incorporate itself into into your DNA. No, it and does that, not. And that's just no, it does way. not. No, it does not. It does not. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, there, You know, your your immune system may carry um, uh, measurable traces of having attacked particular viruses over time. But you know, uh, none of these none of these vaccines are altering your DNA. None of these vaccines are altering. No, no, no. Your I'm not RNA. saying that they're altering the DNA. I'm not saying that they're altering DNA. I'm just saying that maybe some people don't just want the choice of using this new technique as of yet. That well, is, and, and, right? they're, and they're entitled to get sick and die, Stacey, if they want. And if they're men, no, no, one, you know, no, one third of men who get... Believe me, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm just pro... No, but, but, like, but the arguments you're promoting, do? Stacey, are the anti-vaxxer arguments. And they have no merit. No, no, no. Oh, okay, well, I, well, I definitely these, don't put me in that these, category. These vaccines, just because, <laughs> yeah, just because RNA is in the name of the mRNA technology, that mRNA technologies have been around for more than 20 years. They are used in other Absolutely. vaccines. This, uh, this particular version of it was originally developed back in 2013 to deal with MERS, you know, the, the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, which is also a coronavirus. They have an experimental designation by the FDA, but they're not experimental technologies. And we are not being experimented on. This, this is, we are being protected. And you need to tell your friends who think that their, their DNA is going to be changed or that this is some kind of huge experiment, that they're simply wrong. It's, nothing's going to happen to your DNA, and there is no experiment here. This is keeping you from dying or keeping you from experiencing severe dementia, which happens with a lot of people who get, who get COVID, or you know, impotence. I mean, there's all kinds of side effects. And welcome back, Tom Hartman here with you and uh, Julie. Whoops, Julie in Posen, Michigan. Hey, Julie, what's up? Hi, how you doing? Good. Uh, listen, I have a question that I haven't heard anything about this. I mean, I'm vaccinated, and I know I won't get sick and die, or I won't die anyway. But if I do catch the coronavirus, I'm listening. A little bit ill. Mm-hmm. Could I maybe get um, long COVID? That's something that nobody is really sure of, Julie, and that's why so many of us are concerned who are vaccinated are saying, keep those unvaccinated people away from us because for the first two days after they're infected, when they're highly contagious, they don't know that they're sick and we don't want them around us. 
And uh, because long COVID is a really damn scary thing. It, it, it looks like, you know, some substantial percentage of people, uh, I've seen numbers as low as 10%, as high as 30% of people who get COVID end up with some symptoms of long COVID or substantial organ damage, you know, liver damage, kidney damage, heart damage, brain damage. And, uh, you know, none of us want to get that. Um, it, yeah, and, and they're the ones that didn't go to the hospital. They just got right. sick for a couple of weeks and then That's went right. on with their life and then, found, you know. And then, and then, boom, they're disabled for, you know, what may be years. And uh, it does look that like some people who have long COVID who get the vaccine, there have been multiple reports of this, but again, no good studies have been published to the best of my knowledge. But there are a lot of reports of people who ha have long COVID, got COVID back before there was a vaccine, ended up with long COVID got a vaccine and the vaccine knocked out the long COVID. So apparently there was some, some persistence in their, either in their immune system or with the virus. But you raised a really, really That's important question. But yeah, yeah. But, but I think your question is the, is the reason why so many of us are saying, we would like some vaccine passports, thank you very much, or you're not gonna see us inside somebody's res in, in, in your restaurant. So Julie, I gotta, yeah. I gotta move along, but thank you for the call. Steve in St. Louis, hey Steve, what's up? Hey Tom, you know, you didn't think it could get any crazier? I mean, in this state here, the counties where the Delta variant is in their watershed, these same counties are these anti-vaxxers. I mean, they refuse to take the vaccine. Oh, yeah, they're, they're watching Fox News. Well, now they're, de well, get this, now they're demanding that their children remain in remote uh, learning at home. Because they want to make sure their children do not get the curriculum for CRT. Here's here's for critical race theory. I get it. Um, this guy yeah. named Berenson was interrupted by cheers in the by in the audience at the CPAC conference when he said, and I quote. They were hoping, the government was hoping, they could sucker 90% of the population into getting vaccinated, and it isn't happening. That was the applause line. I'm telling you, the strategy here on the part of Republicans who are promoting this anti-vax hysteria, the strategy here on the part of those Republicans is to try to crash the economy. That's what they're trying to do. It's what happened well, to Trump. I mean, if the economy hadn't crashed as a result of COVID, there's a good chance Trump would have won the election. That is just, you know, it, it's very hard to lose an election midterm. What they're doing, Tom, is they're hurting their children That's by right. this remote viewing constantly. I mean, you know, to use the children's education as a prop for a political tool, I mean, that, that's, that's maddening. I'm totally with you. Steve, thank you. Hey, Roger in Seattle. Hey, Roger, what's up? Hi, Tom. I got an easy way to talk to libertarians. And what I usually do is tell them that there's one country in this world that is totally libertarian. And I ask them if they uh, ever visited there. And they say, probably not. And they, have you ever thought of living there in a libertarian country? And they get excited and go, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And then when I tell them, I look them right in the face and see the the mouth go agape and the eyes squint, and it's uh, Somalia. It's the only libertarian country in the world. Well, Somalia isn't even declared libertarian. It's just basically a failed state right now. Uh, I, I think you could argue that many of the failed states are you know, functionally libertarian, but I would rather make the argument, Roger, that there has never, ever in the history of, of humanity been a nation or a nation state or even a city that was ruled on libertarian principles successfully. Well, in a way, isn't Somalia? I mean, they just they no. have a 
they have a police army, and right. that's about they, it. They basically have the, an army. Well, no, they 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 collect taxes, and uh, I mean, Somalia has something that resembles a government. And they have government ministries and things. It's just that it's highly dysfunctional. Nobody there said, "Hey, we're going to do this like libertarians." It's you just it's just one of many corrupt governments around the world that that uh, you know it's a country that's very very poor in natural resources, and then you know of course has been the victim of colonialism for 400 years. Roger, I got to move along, but thank you for the call. I, and the bottom line is, I, I would simply argue there never has been a successful libertarian experiment. You can't find one. Please identify one for me. I'm surprised nobody's called, by the way, to defend libertarians. Dave in Federal Way, Washington. Hey, Dave, what's up? Hey, not too much, Tom. You know how when you were talking to your, the libertarian, he mentioned the Trump administration didn't handle the COVID crisis very well? He, he never I mean, named the Trump administration, but yes, he, he yes. Or he, con- he concurred with one yeah. of your, uh, something you said. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, that is the catch-22 therein. And to tell you the truth, I was paying attention to the CPAC, you know, the goings-on there. And Trump is riding pretty high. But there is a lot of people in the bullpen, so to speak. And one of them is Christy Noem, governor of South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And I noticed something. She actually had to attack her competition, right. her other governor, Republican governor. Yes, she actually had to attack them with the fact she did not bow down or cave in to mask mandates and everything. And to tell you the truth, Tom, it even caught me off because I was like, well, wait a minute, South Dakota, she might, you know, it's not a very populated state. So I went back and looked. They actually do have a very poor record. Oh, they have one of the worst death per capita rates in the country. Yeah, but my question to you is, how pathetic is that? I mean, even if, like, I I get you, uh, young people are attracted to libertarianism. But I can tell you right now, I can tell you, a a true libertarian candidate, if they became president, would not be able to uh, counter the fascist forces, authoritarian forces that George, a subsequent just, you know, uh, uh, every Republican administration has put these, um, you know, these people into position. Well, since Nixon. Yeah. The, well, mean, since Nixon, they have all the data. Uh, they have, the, their, their power is in the they have. Yeah. And there's no way a libertarian would ever be able to. I mean, look, Joe Biden is having a hard time getting the Social Security guy fired. But this. Um, and we're six months in. Top, Seven months in. Yes. Right, and, and, and this, yes, brilliant callers, okay, and they're looking at the medical uh, aspect of this virus and, and, their, and the, uh, the vaccine. But from a geopolitical perspective, the most important conversation is whether or not this came from a pangolin, a natural source, or it was leaked from a lab. I mean, it's boring, and I don't blame anybody for not paying attention to it, but it's got huge geopolitical ramifications. This virus is more than just you know, unfortunate people falling victim. I mean, it goes on. It has global. Uh, no, I get all that. And, and in terms of the, you know, blame China basically aspect of this, whether it came out of the wet market in Wuhan or whether it came out of the lab almost doesn't matter because wherever it came from in the first apparently two or three months that it was circulating in that city, 
the Chinese government was covering it up. That one doctor ultimately died. Uh, you know, they put him in, in jail for, for trying to talk about it. And, uh, you know, regardless of where it came from, and that I think is, you know, if you're looking for an identifiable uh, crime, for the lack of a better phrase, or, you know, a fail failing, that, that was it. And, and it was the yeah, same thing they did with SARS initially, you'll recall. Well, if, tr if Trumpers want to be anti-vax, they should move to North Korea. Yeah. Kim Jong-un is, is, is complaining about America interference by offering him aid. Yeah, and there you go. I'm, I, I'm, I'm guessing in North Korea they're passing out the Chinese virus, vaccine as fast as they can, but who knows. Dave, thank you for the call. Sinopharm, I think it's called. We'll be right back. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Zoe in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Hey, Zoe, what's up? Hey, not a lot. So, well, I was very excited to hear about, uh, first of all, about Israel stepping on and doing vaccine passports. Right. I can't wait to bring this up to my right-wing friends, because then when they start griping about the Israeli government, I can, with tongue firmly in cheek, accuse them of being anti-Semitic. Um, <laughs> well, they actually, I mean, they did this a couple months ago, actually, the Israeli government. Okay. So, but the reason that I did call is me and the dogs have been talking it over. And we decided that what we needed to do is if we were not able to use the nuclear option or your option to pass H.R. 1, then what we need to do is make sure that vaccination info, and that means all vaccinations, but, you know, of course, we, we want the COVID vaccine to be involved in this, to be put in our government-issued ID. And that way, oh. all of the mask holes and wing nuts will have lots of rallies where they will burn their government issue, issued IDs, and they won't have them in hand when they show up at the polling place on election day. To, to, to borrow a, a, or to amend a phrase from Paul Weyrich, you know, our election wins could go up as the Q nut voting populace goes down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're brilliant, sir. <gasps> You're brilliant. <gasps> 
Oh my God, I'm yeah. so happy. It's gonna. It, we put a little check mark next to that little star in the on world, you. and I am so so glad that I finally fit into the smart listener category. Today. I just <laughs> you absolutely do. I can die happy today. I am good to go. Okay, Zoe, thank you. It's a brilliant idea. You put a little little uh, check mark next to the little star that's on your driver's license that indicates that it's a real ID that it's you know that they've confirmed your citizenship. Mm-hmm. Well, we've also confirmed your confirmed your vaccine set, and the confirm your citizenship part was something that Republicans demanded. So uh, exactly. you know, hey, you know, let's let's. So why let's... don't we sneak the vaccination thing in there with the uh, with the citizenship? There you go. I and, think it's brilliant. Uh, I think it's brilliant. They get you, to, yeah, you, yeah. you and the dogs have it figured out. So I got to move along, but thank you for the call. It's great to hear from you, Alejandro in Miami. Hey, Alejandro, what's up? No, I'm just still surprised that there's still a vaccine hesitancy, hesitancy when there shouldn't be. I mean. Like what we talked about before about, you know, the polio vaccine, what you brought up today is that, you know, people, you know, I think in the 50s were, were had more common sense. And like, yeah, let's, get, let's all take the vaccine and get rid of polio. And the government, I think, has a role, despite what your libertarian guest said earlier, to fight against the disinformation against the vaccine. All the nonsense you see on social media or, you know, even with my friends or like don't want to take it. They're worried about, oh, it's an experimental drug. Oh, the FDA didn't approve it. Oh, I'm worried about the long-term effects of the vaccine like 10 years down the road. It's like all this nonsense. Like they're not intelligent, um, you know, I guess refusal to take the vaccine. It's just all dumb. Stuff that, well, you know, we have, you know, we have six six hundred thousand dead people in the United States, and we've got probably something on the order of five or six million, maybe more, who are probably going to be permanently disabled, are certainly disabled right at this moment as a consequence of having gotten this disease. There's this uh, remarkable story. I saw this over on uh, Raw Story. The Louisiana nurse Olivia Godry, who worked at an ER, she worked in the ER in this hospital in Louisiana. And on her Facebook page, she had said, this vaccine uses recombinant DNA technology and uh, it manipulates your DNA at the tiniest molecular level. Do not get it. It's not safe. That's what she wrote. She just died from COVID. And the hospital issued this statement saying, you know, we mourn the loss of our colleague. But, you know, she she refused to get vaccinated and now she's dead. It's like, geez, it's, uh, you know, what's what's it going to take? I mean, what's it going to take? No, these people are dying. What do they see on Twitter? The people are dying to own the lids. Like, this is the biggest stupidity I ever heard. It's just like, just take your cancer with the vaccine. The worst you're going to get is, oh, my little sore arm. It's better than the side effects of death. I I really think, Alejandro, they want more people to get sick and more people to die because they think that will crash the economy and that will reflect poorly on Biden and the Democrats going into the 2022 election. I really believe that's what's going on on the Tucker Carlson Fox News side. And I guarantee you, Tucker's vaccinated. Alejandro, thank you. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archive. Actually, I can't guarantee you he's vaccinated, but come on. Eugene in Natticoke, Pennsylvania. Hey, Eugene, what's on your mind today? Uh, I started listening to you on Air America back, oh, I don't know how long ago. And I have all your hidden history stories, and your best book was Screwed. That's what really got me going there. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, that book still still is doing very well. Okay, but the topic I called on was I wanted to defend that libertarian. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because I hate government when the Republicans are in control. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so uh, yeah, that was kind of like so. A, the Trump administration he, actually should apologize, and uh, but the Trump administration yeah, first doesn't exist. Yeah, anymore, yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was kind of like a, a tongue and cheek joke. But um, getting back to the topic of the day and the COVID nineteen crisis here, I'm in a little town just outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania, and the D one strain is quite serious here. And, is the D one uh, strain the uh, d- the so called Delta strain? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, yes, yes. It's not the Delta Plus yet. That must be the D two. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it too much locally about the Delta Plus. I, 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 I've been I've been following that too, but uh, yeah, it's quite prevalent around here, and uh, businesses are being very adversely affected. As conservative as this area is, people are afraid to uh, go out and do things. I was out with friends to a, 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 a pizza parlor last night. And we were the only customers in the place. Wow. Uh, we're, surpri- we're surprised that they're even staying open. That you know, they're not. See, if they had vaccine crazy. passports, people would be back in a restaurant. You know, the, the vaccinated people would be back in the restaurant. By the way, if you want to track the uh, the, the variants, there's a really great website uh, that a caller actually told me about a couple of weeks ago. I've been following now. It's called Outbreak.info. Okay, I'm gonna. Ha- you know what? I've got a terrible memory. I'm on a drug called gabapentin, and it really. Uh, messes up my memory. I have to write everything down. Would you say that again, please? Outbreak. Outbreak. Info. Okay, I'm going to check that out. Uh, and just look at the uh, lineage prevalence in the United States. Click on that. Yeah. And you can see the the map. And, it's just amazing um, what has happened since April. I found an article. This is from the Jerusalem Post, mm-hmm. and this is by Maya Margaret, and it is. You can get to posted. it. We have 20 seconds. Oh, okay, yeah. Quickly, COVID-19 not connected to bats, Israel biologists say. And bats are are basically nocturnal animals. People are not exposed to them. And I know my time is running thin, and when I get to talking to people, I can't can't quit. So I'm going to let you go. (laughs) All right, Eugene, thank you for the call. I think it it definitely is uh, a bat virus. I I, I don't think there's much dispute about that. Maybe there was an article that said there wasn't. I I can find you articles that will prove to you that the earth is flat. Anyhow. Welcome back to the Tom Harbin University Book Club. Today we're reading from Robert Wright's brilliant new book, Why Buddhism is True, the Science and Philosophy of Meditation and Enlightenment. This is from the first chapter, which is titled Taking the Red Pill. We're on page three. He's talking about the movie The Matrix, I saw The Matrix in 1999, right after it came out, and some months later I learned I had a kind of connection to it. The movie's director, the Wachowski siblings, had given Keanu Reeves three books to read in preparation for playing Neo. One of them was a book I had written a few years earlier, The Moral Animal, Evolutionary Psychology and Everyday Life. I'm not sure what kind of link the director saw between my book and The Matrix, but I know what kind of link I see. Evolutionary psychiatry can be described in various ways, and here's one way I had described it in my book. It is the study of how the human brain was designed by natural selection to mislead us and even enslave us. Don't get me wrong, natural selection has its virtues, and I'd rather be created by it than not be created at all, which, so far as I can tell, are the only two options this universe offers. Being a product of evolution is by no means entirely a story of enslavement and delusion. Our evolved brains empower us in many ways, and they often bless us with a basically accurate view of reality. Still, ultimately, natural selection cares about only one thing, or I should say, 
cares in quotes about only one thing, since natural selection is just a blind process, not a conscious designer. And that one thing is getting genes into the next generation. Genetically-based traits that in the past contributed to genetic proliferation have flourished, while traits that haven't have fallen by the wayside. And the traits that have survived this test include mental traits, structures and algorithms that are built into the brain and shape our everyday experience. So if you ask the question, what kinds of perceptions and thoughts and feelings guide us through life every day? The answer at the most basic level is not the kinds of thoughts and feelings and perceptions that give us an accurate picture of reality. No, at the most basic level, the answer is the kinds of thoughts and feelings and perceptions that helped our ancestors get genes into the next generation. Whether those thoughts and feelings and perceptions give us a true view of reality is, strictly speaking, beside the point. As a result, they sometimes don't. Our brains are designed to, among other things, delude us. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Some of my happiest moments have come from delusion, believing, for example, that the tooth fairy would pay me a visit after I lost a tooth. But delusion can also produce bad moments, and I don't just mean moments that, in retrospect, are obviously delusional, like horrible nightmares. I also mean moments that you might not think of as delusional, such as lying awake at night with anxiety, or feeling hopeless, even depressed for days on end, or feeling bursts of hatred toward people, bursts that may actually feel good for a moment but slowly corrode your character, or feeling bursts of hatred toward yourself. Or feeling greedy, feeling a compulsion to buy things or eat things or drink things well beyond the point where your well-being is served. Though these feelings, anxiety, despair, hatred, greed, aren't delusional the way a nightmare is delusional, if you examine them closely, you'll see that they have elements of delusion, elements you'd be better off without. And if you think you would be better off, imagine how the whole world would be. After all, feelings like despair and hatred and greed can foster wars and atrocities. So if what I'm saying is true... If these basic sources of human suffering and human cruelty are in large part the product of delusion, there is value in exposing this delusion to the light. Sounds logical, right? There's a problem that I started to appreciate shortly after I wrote my book on evolutionary psychology. The exact value of exposing a delusion to the light depends on what kind of light you're talking about. Sometimes understanding the ultimate source of your suffering doesn't by itself help very much. Let's take a simple but fundamental example, eating some junk food feeling briefly satisfied, and then only minutes later feeling a kind of crash and maybe a hunger for more junk food. This is a good example to start with for two reasons. First, it illustrates how subtle our delusions can be. There's no point in the course of eating a six-pack of small powdered sugar donuts when you're believing that you're the Messiah or that foreign agents are conspiring to assassinate you. That's true of many sources of delusions that I'll discuss in this book. They're more about illusion about things not being quite what they seem, than about delusion in the more dramatic sense of the word. Still, by the end of the book, I'll have argued that all of these illusions do add up to a very large-scale warping of reality, a disorientation that is as significant and consequential as out-and-out delusion. The second reason junk food is a good example to start is that it's fundamental to the Buddha's teachings. Okay, it can't be literally fundamental to the Buddha's teachings, because 2,500 years ago when the Buddha taught, junk food as we know it didn't exist. What's fundamental to the Buddhist teachings, though, is the general dynamic of being powerfully drawn to sensory pleasure that winds up fleeting at best. One of the Buddha's main messages is that the pleasures we seek evaporate quickly and leave us thirsting for more. We spend our time looking for the next gratifying thing, the next powdered sugar donut, the next sexual encounter, the next status-enhancing promotion, the next online purchase, but the thrill always fades, and it always leaves us wanting more. 
the old Rolling Stone lyric, I can't get no satisfaction, is, according to Buddhism, the human condition. Indeed, the Buddha is famous for asserting that life is pervaded by suffering. Some scholars say that's an incomplete rendering of his message, and that the word translated as suffering, dukkha, could, for some purposes, be translated as unsatisfactory. The book is Why Buddhism is True, the Science and Philosophy of Meditation. Ed in Denver. Hey, Ed, what's up? Yeah, I think Republicans have this deep-seated, irrational fear of what they see as a coming trend towards a socialism. You know, they're longing for the past uh, capitalism that they... But it's not it's not like Marxist socialism. I mean, what what people are talking about wanting is Medicare for all and free college. It's what every other developed country in the world has had for decades. Yeah, I don't say that. No, that's what they state as socialism. You know, yeah. Well, I think they've been sold a bill of goods. But but I think it's a psychological fear. It's deep seated, irrational. You know, it makes sense. It makes sense. Ed, I want to try and get one more caller in here, but it makes sense. Thank you, Uh, Sheila. We have 30 seconds. Sheila, you had a quick question or point. A quick point to make that you're baffled by the Congress people. I'm baffled by the constituents who listen and believe what the Republicans are saying. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's because they live in these little bubbles, these little information bubbles. Sheila, I'm sorry. I thought I had more time than I did, but thank you for the call. It's nice to hear from you and spot on. You know, I salute you. Absolutely. What you said. We will be back tomorrow, same time, same place. In the meantime, don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires you. So get out there, get active, and get vaccinated if you're not. Tag, you're it. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. Be good to yourself and people around you. Check out. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.